Hi, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast. I am the author of the book, Common Sense Pregnancy, which if you're pregnant, thinking about getting pregnant or know somebody who's pregnant, you really want to go out and buy it because most of the questions you're wondering about prenatal care and labor and delivery, they're in there. So go pick up a copy of the book and then email me if the answers to your questions aren't there or somewhere in this podcast. So I'm going to share Lisa Druckmann's interview. Lisa is creator of Fit for Mom, Stroller Strides, Fit for Baby and Body Back, and one of the fastest growing franchises in the country. And she had me on her podcast as a guest last week. Um, Lisa and I have a lot in common. Among them being the fact that health isn't something you pick up at your doctor's office. Um, We both believe that. It's something you cultivate, nurture, grow inside yourself. And we talk about that and a whole lot more in this episode. Now, before we move on over to Lisa's interview, I want to jump ahead to next week. Next week, we're going to do something a little special because it's our 100th episode. Yeah, 100. And we're still not done talking. Make sure you subscribe so you get this episode downloaded automatically, and then come celebrate 100 with us. After that, do me a favor, will you? Go to wherever you get your podcasts and give me a great review. It always helps bring other people into the conversation. And now, here's that interview with Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your show. I know. We've been talking a lot lately. We have been. I love it. Yeah, yeah. My listeners are getting to know you. It's fun, huh? Absolutely. Good people. Yeah, yeah. So I just read your really, really impressive uh, About You page bio statement. So (laughs) (laughs) the first question I always like to ask is, who are you and what do you do? Who am I? I am going to answer that um, as I am mom to Jacob and Rachel, Jacob who's 16 and Rachel who's 12. And I am the chief founding mom of Fit for Mom, the company that brings strength and motherhood to moms across the country. 16, 12. Mm-hmm. You're, in the, you're in the thick of it. I don't know. It feels a lot easier to me, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe I'm oh, having good. A, a good graceful moment, but right now I'm enjoying an easier ride. Yeah, yeah. Is that because you know your sixteen-year-old is pretty self-sufficient and they does both his own are? Thing? Yeah, they're like cool people now. You know, Jacob drives, and Rachel is like my buddy, and we hang out together. And it's just motherhood is easier. And I'm around so many young moms at Fit for mm-hmm. Mom, like you know, who are like in the hustle. And I'm like, I promise, it gets easier. Like I'm experiencing <laughs> yeah. it now. Oh, good, good. Well, I think that the fact that you're experiencing it as easy right now is a real testament to how you're going to get through adolescence and the teen years. If you're doing okay at 12 and 16, you're going to okay. be fine. You're going to be I'm fine. I'm kind of holding on going. I know that it could change any moment, so I'm just appreciating the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. So first and foremost, let's talk about the book, The Empowered Mama. Tell me yeah. about the book. Um, so I started my company so I could be a mom first and foremost 16 years ago, and it's a fitness and wellness company. So obviously I'm really about that, 
but I wasn't doing it myself. I was so busy running my business and trying to take care of my kids that I completely lost my own self-care. And I always felt stressed and I always felt overwhelmed. And I realized that was just not who I wanted to be and it wasn't how I wanted to model living for my kids. So I put a line in the sand, this is many years ago already, and I changed things. And I figured out how do I design a life that I love to live? So the empowered moment, I like to think of it like we all know we're supposed to put the oxygen mask on, but we just don't know how to do it. I'm hoping that I help you actually figure out how to do it. And it is a month by month for it's a whole year guide to help you regain your health and your time and yourself. I love it. It's an intentional approach to building your life as opposed to just, you know, letting your life drag you wherever it takes you, which is so easy to do when you have little ones. I think it's easy to do no matter what. Just <laughs> just to, I know. to be reactive to everything. The world will pull you along. And so um, I need to be really thoughtful and purposeful to drive where I want to, what I want to do. Otherwise, it just, the days go by too fast. So the book comes out or did it just come out? Is it just coming out okay. next week? It, well, yeah, it comes out next week, November 21st, but you can order it now and you can go to empoweredmamabook.com and we're doing all kinds of bonuses like workouts and recipes and a menu plan and a meditation. Um, I really hope that it is more than just a book for women. I hope that it really can be a tool and uh, that I can help coach you to kind of design an empowered year coming up. I I think it's, I love this concept and it's something that I think that certainly new moms um, can benefit from this, but I, but as you said, everybody can benefit from this. Um, the designing of a healthy life, a happy life, doing the things that we know we need to do to have some control over where we're going. I know that for a lot of people, the excuses get in the way, like, oh, I'm so busy building the business. Or once I'm done yeah. with work, I don't have time to do something for me because yeah. I got to get the kids. If I'm late, they mm -hmm. charge more. I can't get up early because, <laughs> you know, the excuse list. Yes. So what's your number one piece of advice there? Well, everybody's always asking for more hours in the day. Anytime I talk to a mom, she's like, I just wish there were more hours in the day. And I think if I gave you a 25th hour, you would do the exact same things you're doing right now. Right. Um, it's really not about having more hours. It's about figuring out what's most important to you and building your schedule around those hours. Mm -hmm. So that's how we start off in the book as we do kind of a values assessment and then we figure out what's really most important to you. So for me, and it changes at different stages of my life, but my most important things are my marriage, my kids, my business, and then myself goes in the center. So I have to make sure that I'm putting energy in those areas. And how much of your to-do list has nothing to do with those things that are most important? Mm -hmm. So the first part is getting in touch with what's really important to you. The second part is we got to get some stuff off of your plate because you can't just keep adding more. So mm -hmm. we talk about pruning and how to find more time and what moms can delegate and how to actually create some space. Um, because I find that we book ourselves from the moment we wake up till we go to sleep and then we just are so exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I want moms to have a little more space, a little more margin in their day to breathe and stretch a little bit. 
do you recommend that they, you know, just pull some pull some things off the pile and just don't do them? Yeah. So, I mean, I, we have a, a section that all talks about the power of the word yes and no, because every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else because mm-hmm. your time was already full. So being very careful about what you say yes to, starting to say no to more things and starting to realize that maybe there are ways to delegate that you hadn't thought about. So I'm not talking about that I'm lucky enough to have an assistant. But if you don't have an assistant, I'm talking about that you bought the roasted chicken and the pre-cut vegetables at the market instead of you spending the time to do that. Yeah. Or maybe you're doing your grocery shopping online. Or maybe you're buying store-bought cupcakes instead of baking the cupcakes. Like There are ways that we can save time. I spoke to one mom uh, the other day that she wanted me to save some time for her, and we looked at her schedule. And the reality was she went to the market probably four times a week. It might have been more than that because she would just never remember all the things. And when you think about how much time that takes to get to the market, to go to the market. That's four hours. That's four hours. Yeah, totally. And so (laughs) for the store, and that's not one of your most important things. So what can we do to be more thoughtful to just spend a little bit of time planning on Sunday so that we know what groceries we need to buy and I use Amazon Fresh and like I have my past purchases and it's like click, 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 click. I always know there's (laughs) staples that I get every single time. Mm -hmm. And then I maybe need to go to the market one, I probably two more times, you know, (laughs) for that one thing that I forgot. Bread and butter run in the middle of the week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I so get that. I'm actually, I, I, I know all of these things that you're saying, but over the last couple of weeks, it's just been a scramble. And, you know, like, I know I've been to the store four times this week. I've spent so much money on groceries. And yet I try to make a salad and it's all gross. You know? Yeah. And it has. Yeah. It, the whole it, week's it been like this. What we know, like, you know, you think about that. I work in the wellness industry and so people will have me put together diet plans. Yeah. Most of my clients already know what they should be eating. It's why yeah. don't we do it? Yeah. And so, so much of the Empowered Mama is helping you create the plan. And it's not about being perfect by any means. Um, I use this analogy in the book where I say, imagine you are flying. I live in San Diego. So I'm flying mm-hmm. from San Diego to New York. Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, there'd be a path, a track for that plane to take. But when I spoke to my brother-in-law, who's a pilot, he said, no, like you're off like 90% of the time. So Sometimes you're up a little, sometimes you're down a little, but eventually you get to the other side. I just want moms to really figure out where is your target mm-hmm. and to be okay with it. Sometimes we're off a little and sometimes we're, I mean, like I said, <laughs> I go to the market probably one to two times a week, even though I did my online grocery shopping. It's not about being perfect. It's about getting better. Right, right. And taking, but you know, another thing is that let's say that that mom whittles her grocery store time from you know, four hours a week to an hour and a half. So then you got to grab that two and a half hours and say, I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm not Mm -hmm. just going to fritter it on, you know, Facebook. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's just it. There's there's something (laughs) called Parkinson's law that is that see if I can say it right. We use the amount of time that's allotted to us. So if you just have this extra time to like when you're in school to study for a test, you would use it. So I'm very intentional, almost to the point of uh, (laughs) too much structure, where like if I'm going to go do email, I will put a timer on and say, okay, I've got 20 minutes to get through this email. Mm -hmm. I've got 
half an hour or whatever it is to write this blog post. But by giving yourself time and being really purposeful about how you're going to use it, because Mm -hmm. if you save that hour and a half going food shopping, if you're not intentional with how you're going to use that found time, then it's just going to kind of, you know, be spread with something else. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I want to talk about the title of the book Mm -hmm. and see what you think of this. If you're, if, so, okay. Spitting it out here. The Empowered Mama. So my book, Common Sense Pregnancy, and your book, The Empowered Mama, both Mm -hmm. run the risk of being pigeonholed into the children's section, which is where my book (laughs) is sold because that's Uh where you, that's where bookstores shelve uh, books about motherhood and childbirth and pregnancy is in the children's section. Um, Do you worry about the book being pigeonholed and being under-marketed because of the motherhood factor? That's a great question. Um, you know, I can't, I can't worry about it. I, all I can do is share my tips, my lessons, mm-hmm. what I figured out, and then hope that I can reach as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. The really cool thing for both of us about moms is we have the benefit of word of mom. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what Amazon decides to categorize our book as. Mm-hmm. When moms find something, they talk about it. If they don't like it, they talk about it. And when moms love something, they talk about it. Right. So I am just super grateful for all the moms who are already reading the book and sharing it. So people got advanced copies. Yeah. And that's just it. Is they're going to share it and it's going to get to the moms who need mm-hmm. it. Have Would you want the information to get to everybody though? Because I, mm-hmm. I feel like the most life-changing thing that a person can do is learn to be intentional with their life and their time. So when you rewrite this book for another audience, what will be the things that will be slightly different? So let's say that you you rewrite this book, you know, in five years <laughs> for the empowered student, the empowered father, the empowered business person. I would imagine much of your advice would be similar right? Yeah. I mean, okay. So I am very true to my story in terms of I am about moms. Maybe one day that will change, but you know, we get people all the time who are suggesting that I create a kid's fitness program or a dad's fitness program. Uh Like I am so clear and so passionate. I believe so much in the power of moms. Mm -hmm. We are the leaders who are raising the next generation of leaders. Mm -hmm. Think about Mm -hmm. that for a moment. Like- If we're not happy with how this world is being run right now, mm-hmm. we're not only the people to change it, but we're raising the people who will change it. Right. So for me, it's so much more than about fitness. I really want to teach leadership and motherhood. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would ever write this book for dads or students or anyone else, but I think that the lessons that I share apply to every audience. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they do. I bet they do. And I I feel like our audiences are very similar in that, you know, you give information to a mother or, you know, if we expand our audience to a new parent, it is going to definitely spread to their sister, their girlfriend, their their mother-in-law. It's going to spread. Yeah. 
So is that why you use the term mompreneur? <laughs> well, mompreneur is usually for me a mom who has her own business. And uh-huh. it's so interesting. It's such a, an incredible time to be a mom in business. Um, yeah. 70% of millennial moms are working. And that is so often not just regular employment nowadays. It could be side hustle. And, you know, there's so many different ways to have your own thing, your own business. And I think it's because so many careers don't fit who we want to be as moms. Right. Um, I look at my own franchisees. We have 300 franchisees at Fit for Mom. And they are everything from accountants to attorneys to artists to stay-at-home moms to we've had a CSI investigator. We've had a rocket scientist. These are all talented, smart women who realized that their career no longer fit how they wanted to live as a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a great time to be a mom entrepreneur because you can design your business around where do you want to work? How do you want to work? When do you want to work? I call it yeah. the mother of invention. You know, yes. mothers. Yeah. We get into for and for a lot of women, they don't they don't get to the point where they realize how powerful they need to be to move their career along after motherhood. They don't look at themselves in terms of feminism until they become mothers, because that's when they realize there is no safety net in our culture to support new motherhood. So, you know, we have one model, which is you go back to work at six weeks Mm -hmm. and you have daycare. Well, get real. Who can afford it? Plus, it's, you know, an unnatural feeling for a lot of mothers. It's just a system that only works for one model. So now we don't see anything changing on that front. So it's all about the side hustle. But now moms are legitimizing that. It's the hustle. It's their main gig. It is. And they become entrepreneurs. Yeah. How come I was able to adopt, wasn't able to adopt my puppy till 12 weeks, but moms have to leave their babies at six weeks? Oh my God. I love that so much. I'm going to say that time and again, and I will quote you, Lisa. (laughs) It's okay. I don't know that I'm the one who came up with it, but I did adopt my puppy at 12 weeks. I'm like, there's just something wrong with that. I just, I really... I, the Dalai Lama said that the Western woman will change the world, which he is a bright man. And I think moms are going to change the world. And I used the word empower. I know that it's sometimes overused, but I just really want moms to listen to the definition of empower is to make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. It is time for moms to take control of their life and claim their rights. This is a new generation of motherhood and leaders. Love that. So I have a side story for you. Awesome. That um, kind of, I thought of it when you were talking about, you know, at the beginning of the book, The Empowered Mama, where you, you know, you have people take a look at their time. And so- a big part of the work that I do is that I write content and I do podcasting for CARE, the Global Humanitarian Organization. And they have this uh, program that they're doing in Mozambique. And they do this kind of thing all over the world where they will look at communities where 
women are not what we would consider empowered and specifically not empowered by the definition that you gave. And they live a very traditional gender-oriented life. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to create development change, economic change, healthcare change, in order to make their system develop in a sustainable manner, they had to address the gender disparity. And so what they did was they had men and women keep track of everything they did in a 24-hour day, just, you know, (laughs) document their clocks. Mm -hmm. And the guys had a really tough time with that. They knew their time was occupied, but they weren't looking at it at a task by task, hour by hour. They just went off and they did their thing. The women had no trouble. No trouble. Exactly what they did moment by moment. And when the guys saw what the women were doing, they were um, <laughs> they were blown away. They couldn't yeah. believe how much. And that was the beginning of actually taking a look at changing the power dynamics in their relationships, in their families, and in their communities, and ultimately in their economies. It's that powerful. Yeah. It's it that is that powerful. powerful. Yeah. You remind me of a story that is probably a low light in my marriage. I read that like I shouldn't have done this, but uh, it was when the kids were super little and I was running the business. And here, it's so funny. I had no time, right? But I had the time to do this stupid activity. I created an Excel spreadsheet with <laughs> hour by hour, everything I did, my column compared to Jason's column. And basically showed him, look, I am working full time, taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, and all you have to do is go to work. And how little sleep I got compared to him and all the things. So that is not a good marriage tip. You should never compare what's fair, not fair. That part didn't work out so well. But Uh it does make you realize still the disparity. And so while God bless dads, they're doing more than they ever have. Right we still need to figure out ways to get women out of overwhelm and feeling like they need to do all the things. And I guess part of it is, you know, if you don't have a spouse who can do more and help you make that more even, what can you do yourself? Take control of it yourself. You know, I'm going to hire the childcare. I'm going to outsource the things because it is not good for us to constantly feel overwhelmed. It's just not. No, it's not. But do you think that this is, is this an issue of privilege? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think about women who are going back to work at six weeks who are feeling horrible about it. And they're thinking, well, I know somebody who had to go back at two because she was a waitress and she lived mm-hmm. off her tips. And when she went back at two weeks, she certainly couldn't breastfeed on the job because, you know, who's going to go back in the closet and, you know, somebody else will get her table. Or, you know, I I wonder sometimes how we tailor these messages to moms who may not have the resources that we do. Uh, I really like, I, I as soon as you said that, my heart just sunk because... I do know that a lot of the tips that I have that have worked for me are not going to work for somebody who is at a very low socioeconomic status who's already struggling. Um, and that's where we that's where we need to have some societal changes and some more things to 
to support moms at every level and, and maternity leave that's paid for. And, and that's where we need, we need bigger change because yeah, the, the mom who's living off of her tips is not going to be able to afford Amazon fresh or right. be able to or outsource name. all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of why I really like that fit for moms focuses so much on the um, early parenting and the postpartum ta- time. Mm-hmm. And it is because of that socio-cultural web that we need to be able to build for mothers. You know, we we talk about this all the time about how you get a you know a fair amount of medical support during your pregnancy, but then once you walk out of the maternity unit, it's bye bye. We'll see you in six weeks. Maybe we'll see yeah. you in eight weeks, and we're pretty much done. Though in some medical models. They have really good lactation support, which creates a net so that when women need help, they go back and they get the help and then the baby gets evaluated, they get evaluated, but that doesn't happen for most women. So since we can't really count on our medical system or our, I I don't know, we have to create it for ourselves. We, we, have, to we have to create, create our own it. net and tribe. Yeah, that it's that's what I was gonna say. Fit for Mom is based on a workout, but the reason why it has grown the way it has is because all women have a need to connect. Yeah. And you look at other societies or past generations where when a mom has a baby, she's raised by the village. She's supported yeah. by the village. Like, you know, she lays in and certain my one of my colleagues just got back from China and she said that um when a mom has a baby, she doesn't leave her house for 40 days. Like right. And she's not there by herself. Um, But here in America, it's like maybe your spouse was with you for a week or two or you had someone and then you're by yourself. And it is a very isolating, lonely, it's it's not working for us. Um, Right. So we actually at Fit for Mom, one of the things that you're going to be seeing from us in 2018 is postpartum preparation, not just talking about the physicality of the body, but how to prepare you so that you, we can start to maybe decrease or alleviate some of the postpartum depression and postpartum blues and to help Mm -hmm. you make sure that you've got that network and that support ahead of time. Um, and to prepare you for some of the things that you're going to encounter as a new mom. Um, cause it's hard. It is. The motherhood is real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially right now, because so many women, excuse me, don't have that support and they're, they're kind of, um, surprised. They're surprised by it. I think, you know, the more that we can prepare women for that time period, the better, because it can be brutal, but it also, when women have close friends, people to see every day, people they can count on. It can be great. It can be great. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, I mean, no matter how confident a woman you are, you feel bad when it's that hard. I remember when Jacob was a week old and I was, it was first time I'd ever not worked, you know? So that part Mm -hmm. seemed kind of cool, but I was like, no, what? I am going to make my husband dinner tonight. Okay. Like, (laughs) and I, maybe he was two weeks old. I, he came home and I was crying. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, 
I couldn't even make you dinner. Like all I had to do was take care of this baby and I couldn't even get dinner made. And I was just blown away by how hard this little baby was and didn't feel really great about myself. But had I had a village of moms to kind of say, nope, this is normal. You shouldn't be trying to make dinner yet. (laughs) Um, But I didn't. I knew nothing about motherhood. I didn't have a single friend who was a mom. That's why I started Stroller Strides because I didn't know and I wasn't prepared. Well, I want I we never got to the part where I got I asked you the question of tell me where Fit for Mom started. <laughs> there you go. That's um, the first question, but I got excited. Well, I was that mom who was really overwhelmed. Um, I was on maternity leave with Jacob. Uh, I was supposed to go back to work at my full time job as a health club manager, which I really didn't want to go back to because it was sixty to eighty hour work weeks. Um, but I made really good money. And so my husband said, nope, you got to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And so my maternity leave was so precious to me that I didn't want to leave Jacob to go to the gym. So I created a stroller workout that I could do with him so that I could get my workout in. And it was just our best hour of the day. But what was really missing for me was I knew nothing about motherhood. I needed a connection. So it was one of those like light bulb moments. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I remember where the walk was. And I was like, I can help other moms get back in shape after having a baby. That's what my business is. Mm-hmm. But they can help me with all the things I need to know about motherhood. So I started my first class in San Diego with four <laughs> local moms, not having any intention of turning it into a business, but really just creating that village that I needed for myself. And apparently I wasn't the only one looking for that village or to get back in shape because it took off and I didn't have to go back to work and I was able to turn it into a business. And now you have how many hundred franchises? So we ended up franchising the business. Um, As my kids grew up, so did the business. So we added Fit for Baby, which is our prenatal program. We added Body Back, which is our high-intensity interval like transformation program for moms at any stage of motherhood and a variety of other programs. And so now we have almost 300 franchisees, and we have almost 2,000 class locations nationwide. Wow. Go you. Awesome. Thank you. You are providing a really, really, really valuable service. And I love that you do um, prenatal and even pre-pregnancy stuff because, you know, for a lot of women, when they talk about fitness or they're thinking about fitness, they're thinking about it, you know, primarily in terms of weight management or, um, you know, muscle, you know, body image. But, you know, especially during pregnancy and especially during the earliest, most grossest weeks of pregnancy, Mm -hmm. physical exercise is important. You know, it helps the body build healthy blood vessels in the placenta and it lays down the circulatory foundation between mother and baby that will nourish the pregnancy for months. I mean, it's really important. And we don't, but, you know, for also for a lot of women, those are the, those are the, pregnancy is like their entryway into actually thinking about their body. You know, before Mm -hmm. that, they can take it for granted. A lot of women can do practically nothing during their teens and 20s and even early 30s, and they feel fine about it. But then they become pregnant, and it's like, whoa, let's see what this body can do. And it's great that there is a structure, classes. I mean, you're providing a service. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else do I want to ask you? 
I've got a few more questions if you've got a little bit more time. I'm good. Yeah, go for it. Cool, cool. So what's your biggest challenge right now as a parent or, you know, in in juggling your parenthood and business? What's the biggest challenge? Wow. Uh, like I said, it, it's really, uh, it, it's almost spot. unfair to say I'm in a sweet spot right now. Um, mm-hmm. On both sides. Be, I, to me, again, I become wiser in the business and in parenthood in, in, in parallels. So with the business, as the business grew up, I also added more team members. Um, so when I get compliments about Fit for Mom, to me, it's the whole family who's made it happen. Uh, my family is in my team. Um, so we've added more employees as the years have gone on. And I actually have a CEO who runs the day-to-day operations of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's really freed me up to get a chance to do what I love most, which is doing interviews like this with you and writing books and speaking. Um, and so I am not in the day-to-day hustle that I used to be. And that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's taken a while to get there. And again, same with, you know, parenthood, um, I still find that no matter what, no matter what stage I'm in, the biggest challenge is always to truly be present mm-hmm. um, and not to feel like you know it's this mad dash to get all the things done and mm-hmm. to get to all the places and to get everybody to put their phones down, you know, because they all do have the technology. And you know, when is the last time you looked deep in their eyes and really connected and given them the space to give you an honest answer of how they're doing? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing during the teenage years for a lot of parents and kids. So challenging. You know, and my youngest is 17 and then so I've been through the teen years many times and a lot of it depends on the kid, and a lot of it depends on the parent, but a lot of it is just taking taking advantage of the opportunities when you can just be present. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it is, just being there. You know, even if it's just being quiet in the room together while you're having coffee in the morning or checking in at the end of the day. Sometimes it's the smallest things. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything, you know, in the coming parenting years that you're curious about or worried about or, 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 you know, I'm kind of just, you know, and I, I guess you feel that way throughout most of it, but coming to the realization that I don't have that many years left with them where they're living under my roof. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, my son's a junior in high school and so we're talking Mm -hmm. about college. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of just savoring the moments, creating Mm -hmm. as many experiences as we can. And I'm, you know, about creating those memories Mm -hmm. and realizing it's, you know, it's in some ways your last opportunities to teach them lessons that you want to teach them about how to, how to be a contributing person in our society um, yeah. and who you want them to be. I mean, they're going to be who they're going to be, but whatever lessons we have to share, um, this is the time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's fleeting. And it's so strange about parenting that it's like the job that you give yourself the most to, the one that you love the, the best, the one that you'll do anything for. But if you're doing it right, you got to make yourself obsolete at some point. That's right. To some extent. But I think that also if you do it right, you're never obsolete. You're you're always it's just you know how cool it is where you know 
you love it when they're two, but you don't want them to get to be three because two is so <laughs> cool. It's it's in some ways kind of like that, just watching the, your adult kids' lives unfold. It's cool. It's really cool. It is cool. cool. And then the mm-hmm. reverse of that, you know, again, I'm with so many young moms where they can't wait for the next stage. Like I just can't wait for her to walk or I can't. And I'm like, don't rush any stage. Don't right, rush right. any stage. It is all going to be here before you know it. And it doesn't matter where they fall on these milestones that you put in the baby book. You're not going to remember any of them. And just appreciate the moment you're in. And I know it's hard because the days are long, but the years will go by really fast. Really fast. So fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, coming down to the end here, Lisa, and I want to ask you just a couple more things. How would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told me that. Oh, nobody ever told me that. Nobody ever told me that I can design the life I want to live. It should be the first thing that they teach people in kindergarten. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, my last question is always the same. And I think you've kind of answered it. Where are you in your life with motherhood? I'm in the sweet spot. I'm in the yeah. sweet spot. I'm in, I'm, and I probably should answer that at every year, every stage, right? Um, I don't know. Some years are I, not as sweet. <laughs> some years <laughs> are not as sweet. Some years are harder, but yeah. Um, no matter what stage I'd like to say, I'm, I'm here and now. I'm present. Mm, perfect. Perfect. Well, great. Lisa, this is wonderful. And I am going to encourage everybody who's listening to go out and get the book. Go out and get the book, The Empowered Mama, available everywhere books are sold, I assume, yeah. on November 21st, right? Yes. And pre-order now. That stuff counts. Cool. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's great to talk to you. You too. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said there'll be days. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find everything you need to know about Lisa Drexman at fit4that's the number mom.com. Fitformom.com. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. Tweet me at Jean Faulkner. Email me, Jean at Jean Faulkner, and I'll spell the name. I know it's a hard one. J E A N N E. Faulkner, F A U L K N E R. Then check back next week for our 100th episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.